He joins us every single week here on Masters of the Midday. Us. us. It's the weekly appearance from head coach Michael Malone. You just heard it brought to you by the Central City Casino Parkway. You take I-70, exit 243. It is the four lanes to fun. Coach, good morning to you. How are you feeling today? Uh, doing well. Uh, I guess my first question of the day is, uh, ever since we brought up the manscaping tool, I haven't heard it as part of the intro. Are you still using it? Oh, still, Coach, still using it regularly as are our listeners. I got a, a T-shirt. I'm, I'm all in, We'll coach. send you one. Yeah. Don't worry. No, I, yeah, I think you ought to get one for Coach, I agree. Josh. I'll wear, I'll wear it in my pregame press conference. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, might get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, strictly business, man. All about making some money. That's right. Uh, but but That's I'm exactly. doing well. It was it was good to come home and get a win last night. Uh, obviously, in that first quarter, we didn't play any defense. Our offense was great, uh, and then the final three quarters, our defense was uh, was not bad. But two things continue to give us problems since the All Star break: the turnovers, 14, not a bad number, but for 27 points. And then nine offense rebounds to Minnesota, not a bad number, but for 19 points. But wow. division win, 10-1 and one in the division, and uh, those are the games that we have to win, and we did. And, and Coach, I, I want to talk about that that because we, I try to simplify, and I was telling the guys in that first segment, you, you look at the schedule, basketball guys say, okay, you're supposed to win, you're supposed to win, and that's no disrespect on other teams. You guys got goals in front of you that are lofty. And you say, okay, supposed to win, supposed to win. And there's there's games on there. The other teams, you know, like Oklahoma City, the Clippers coming up on Friday. You know, maybe you're supposed to lose that game. It, it, it comes down, doesn't it, to taking care of the games you're supposed to win and seeing how many games you're supposed to lose, go out and take them. Yeah, I mean, it's – and as you mentioned, it's not a disrespect to anybody, but – you know, Minnesota is 16-39. and 39. You know, we're 39-18. and 18. So when you have a home game against Minnesota and no D'Angelo Russell, no Carl Anthony Towns, so on and so forth, that's a game that you have to go out and win. You know, there's no, no excuses. It's not disrespectful. That's reality. Yep. Uh, you know, we played Detroit. Detroit's already beaten us on their home court. Uh, they gave Portland all they could handle last night in Portland. So, But for us, if we want to be a team that – as we talked about, attacking this second half or this last third of the season, you know, we have to protect our home court, win those, and also win a lot of games that people maybe on paper say we don't have a chance to. I feel up to this point we've done a great job of winning the games against the really talented teams, the teams with winning records, and we've struggled at times with the games that everybody thinks we should win. And, to, and last night, the game was close for a while until we were able to broke, uh, break it open in that fourth quarter. But uh, I agree. You know, D- Detroit's our next game, biggest game of the year, and we have to find a way to win that prior to going to L.A. We're talking to Coach Michael Malone of your Denver Nuggets. And, Coach, I love seeing you take out Jokic at the end of the game there. Uh, I know earlier in the season you had him in a little late and you said, I probably shouldn't do that again. But it made me wonder, how are you approaching some of that realistic expectations you talk about? How are you approaching resting uh, Nikola Jokic and some of the other starters knowing that you're going to need them healthy down the stretch and into the playoffs? Yeah, well, I think one part of it is, you know, uh, you know, not pairing our rotation down to seven, eight guys right now. We have 25 games left. I feel if I went into survival mode right now, by the time we got to the playoffs, we'd be exhausted. We'd have nothing left. I think uh, we saw that last year as we were in that second round series against Portland by game seven. We were... 
we, you know, we, we had spent everything we had and had nothing left in the tank. So I think continuing to use the depth that we have, um, I thought Mason Plumley was great last night. I thought Jeremy Grant off the bench, those two backing up Paul and Nicola, who were phenomenal and so efficient. Um, and then obviously just being smart, you know, obviously Nicola last night plays, I think, around 30, 31 minutes. Uh, you know, not putting them up at 38, 39 minutes when you don't have to. Um, now, there are going to be games where it's, it's close, it's going to go down to the wire, and he and Jamal and a few other players may have to get into the 36, 37-minute range. But overall, just being cognizant of that and trying to get them as uh, much rest as possible. Coach, I want to ask you, you just brought the guys up, uh, Nicola and, and Paul Millsap, what they were able to do last night, obviously get some help from Jamal. But, I mean, Paul Millsap and Nicola Jokic carried your team last night, and especially half-court sets, you were kind of – alluding to playoff rotations and kind of in that same thinking with this question of seeing what those two guys did in particular last night, does that give you, I don't know if if faith or hope is the right word because Nicola turns it on to another level in the postseason, but with those two guys kind of putting the team on their back last night in some half court sets, is that what you would expect some more of that come postseason or as we get closer? Yeah. And I think we've seen that quite a bit. And you know what, the three years that Paul has been here, and you know Nicole is going to bring it almost every night as well. But when you have your starting front court going out there and going 9 of 11, 4 of 6 from 3 like Paul Millsap with 7 rebounds, and Nicola goes 11 of 14, 7 rebounds, 6 assists for 49 combined points, you know, that is a picture of efficiency and effectiveness. Um, so that they were outstanding last night. And if we can get that moving forward and into the postseason, you know, that would be terrific. You know, I, I feel that the luxury that we have is behind those two, you know, and I re- that's why I respect a guy like Mason Plumley so much. You know, Mason plays 15 minutes last night, but I felt they were an impactful 15 minutes. I know he's not happy just playing that many minutes, but he realizes he's playing behind a great player, Nicola, and any minute he's given, he goes out there and he attacks it. He leaves it all on the floor, and Jeremy does the same thing. So I feel our backup four and five would be a hell of a starting uh, front court for most teams, and you know, that's a luxury that we have. When you look at last night's game, and we talked about it last week, and listen, no one has to tell you anything, and no one wants to shoot the ball better and play better than Gary himself. Um, there was there was a sense of not not on my court when he lined up against Malik last night. There was there was glimpses of the old Gary, if you will, and that has to be good to see because going forward, you need him efficient as well on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying recently, and I know I think Gary has become a uh, a very popular topic of conversation and debate, yeah. um, but I believe in Gary Harris. You know, I, I love him. I've been with him for five years. I believe in him, and I know in my heart that our team will not reach its full potential unless we get Gary Harris back playing the level we all know he's capable of, and that's on both ends, as you mentioned, Scott. Last night, I felt defensively, I don't think Malik scored one basket while Gary was guarding him. He, you know, Gary locks into a matchup, and I think he's one of the better defenders on our team and in the West. And then I also felt offensively, I felt kind of Gary settled down. He goes 5 of 10 from the field. He hits two threes, uh, gave us 13 points. So I felt he was an impactful player on both ends of the court. So uh, nights like last night will only help uh, Gary continue to move in that right direction. He has the full support of everyone in the organization, and he knows that. He's just got to go out there and continue to play like he did against Minnesota. Uh, Coach, just like you're talking about Gary Harris, I think it's awesome. you know. And we talked about your players talk about how much high character you have. 
But you took a moment last night to say, you know what, Malik and Wancho, they're getting minutes now, and they're getting minutes that they wouldn't have gotten here. Why was it important for you to kind of give a nod to their contributions to the Nuggets even after last night's win? Oh, well, because, you know, everything we've accomplished, you know, I I give credit to every player that's worn a Nuggets jersey and come through those doors. You know, and when you're with players like Wancho and and Malik Beasley, high-character guys, hard workers, guys that fit our culture, they had a lot to do with our success. And, you know, you can't just measure that in stats and on-court productivity, but what they brought every single day. And uh, when I think of Wancho, I think of work ethic. I think of a guy that never once felt sorry for himself. And that's a trait that I really admire in people because so many people have self-pity, and that's something I can't stand. Wancho never had that. He was competitive. He wanted to play. He wasn't happy, but he never felt sorry for himself, and he worked his butt off. Malik, obviously, uh, last year with all the injuries that we had, Malik had a fantastic season, stepped up and allowed us to win 54 games. But you establish relationships, you care about people, and the fact that they're not wearing a Nuggets jersey does not change the fact that I'll always feel grateful for what they uh, accomplished and contributed in their four years here in Denver. And Coach, I'm sorry, Josh. I just got those out. I said this late on the broadcast last night, too. And, and the, the goodbye's never easy. Um, you've been around the league. You've seen it forever. And there's been great players that, that have left us. So, but, but the key is not burning bridges. And I don't think the organization did. And I don't think Wancho and, and, and Malik did. And, and, I mean, listen, these guys are still young in their career. You don't know what's going to happen down, you know, in two years, three years, five years. These guys may be back someday. Who knows? Well, or you, it, might, it, you it, might coach them somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. I think you never want to burn bridges. And I think we as an organization from top to bottom, from, from Josh Kroenke, from Tim Conley, the way we communicate with our players, the way we look out for our players, uh, you know, and I think Tim Conley deserves a lot of credit because he goes above and beyond most president GMs in making sure that we're taking care of our players. And, yes, they're, they're in Minnesota now. They're on a division rival. But, you know, there'll, there'll always be love and respect for those guys. And, who knows what the future holds, as you point out. Talking to Coach Michael Malone, his weekly show brought to you by Central City Casino Parkway, I-70, exit 243. It's the four-lane stuff on, Coach. Coming into yesterday's game, uh, the two weeks prior to the break, and then, you know, the, the couple of games that have been played after, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, the third highest-scoring duo in all of the NBA. We talked about Jamal's kind of presence and an attacking mindset a week ago, but with those two guys, a pick and roll, dribble handoff is, you know, top three is something that you like, but is that something you expect them to be in that conversation, these final 25 games, and then certainly into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, those are our, you know, two best players, right? They're, they're franchise players, if you will, and um, when much is given, much is expected, and we expect that, and we need that from them every I think since uh, in the month of February, going prior to the break and now two games after the break, uh, you know, I think Jamal is averaging 26 and six assists and shooting at a very high percentage. Uh, and Nicola, since maybe some early season struggles, if you will, has just been fantastic for the last three months. Um, and then it can't be just on those two guys, though, every night. Yes, we need them to lead the charge. 
but that's why you need Paul Millsap as a veteran to step up like he has been. You need Will Barton and Gary Harris to start raising their games up so we can make this last push in these 25 games. We know that we have a lot of tough games coming up, so you can't rely on just one or two guys. It takes a team effort, and I think the quality of depth that we have will allow us to lean on certain guys. Like Monte Morris was fantastic last night. 13 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and he does so in a very efficient manner. So we need all hands on deck with those two leading the charge. Well, what's the key to getting the bench to play better and more consistent? And, you know, they weren't good, obviously, in the Oklahoma City game. I thought they were better the first half um, last night and maybe maybe overall in the game. I said, what, what's the key for you for the bench? Yeah, I think the, the, the difference from OKC to last night was I kind of tweaked the rotation I kind of went back to what I was doing uh, for a while. Most of the season is always having at least one starter in the game. Um, So I I would take Will Barton out early to put him back late so he closed the first quarter. I would start Jamal Murray in the second quarter. So we always had one starter in the game. And then really, to me, Jeremy Grant is like a starter because he started so many games for us this year. Um, I, I have to stay away from, I think, having five starters in the game, and then having five subs in the game at one time. Uh, that is not over the 50-some-odd games. Uh, that has proven too often that it has not gone well for us, Scott. So I think just making sure I kind of keep it balanced, keep a starter out there, give us somebody that we can play through uh, and lean on, whether it's Will, Jamal, Nicola, whoever it might be. And uh, obviously as we move forward, if I have to continue to pare that rotation down, we will. But I don't want to rush into that because, as I mentioned earlier, I want us to be as fresh as possible going into these playoffs because we hope to make a deep run. Coach, we're hoping for the same thing here as the home of the Nuggets, of course, and then we get to talk to you a little bit more and uh, gives us some time to get you some new Manscaped gear, as always, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, man. It's always good to catch up and have this conversation. Always, guys. Great talking to you. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. There he See is, you, Coach. It's coach Michael Malone, head coach of your Nuggets. It's his weekly appearance here. Brought to you by Central City Casino Parkway. It's I-70, exit 243. It's the four lanes to fun. It's Harris, Hastings, and Dover.